Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 1 through 6, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 1 through 12, the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1 through 12, and Psalm 72, verse 1 through 7 and 10 through 14. God grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. I have a confession to make to you all tonight, and that is that I really like the darkness. We are told throughout our history, throughout our culture, and certainly even in our biblical history, to be afraid of darkness and to see darkness as evil and bad and light as good and where all the good things come from. And yet, when I think of my own life, the darkness is a place of great mystery and wonder and joy, whether it be the physical darkness I love, I'm one of the weird people who loves when daylight saving time ends and we get it dark early and we get to cozy up and just, it's like nighttime and we get to act like it's nighttime, especially here in Ohio where in the middle of the summer it stays light until like 1030 at night. I like the dark. I like, I like the way the lights and the moon and the stars and the Christmas lights play off each other, but that only, they are only beautiful. In the dark, I know, I've left my Christmas lights on during the day. It looks dumb. I like the darkness of music. My favorite music is the sad stuff. My favorite Sinatra album is in the wee small hours of the morning, which is 16 really sad songs. I love blues. I love the dark and stormy music of Beethoven just as much as I love to hear the bright and bombastic stuff. I want to brood. I I don't mind it. But there's a part of us, there's a part of us that is scared of the dark. Some of it is because we were trained to be, of course. But some of it is just because of the simple reality that the dark brings uncertainty and unknowability. We don't know what's out there, and that scares us. We are scared of what we don't know. We are scared of what we cannot see or understand. And so we transfer a lot of that fear of uncertainty to the dark. And we call that place the darkness. We use the language of darkness only to mean negative things. How would we sleep if it didn't get dark? How would we know any kind of rest or peace? How would all of creation rest if not for the sun going somewhere else or the the way the earth turns and the darkness coming and allowing for that rest? We rest in this space. I'm reminded in the evening that in the Jewish tradition, the day starts at sundown. The day begins in the darkness. And this is not considered a bad thing. 
Now, I don't want to contradict the prophet Isaiah. That would be a bad idea on my part. And I certainly don't want to contradict Peter, who read Isaiah beautifully. I understand that the people who have been in darkness see a great light and what a joy that can be. I understand that we can be so filled with uncertainty and unclarity and so scared for so long that, that some sense of God's presence and belonging to us and God's presence and deliverance to us can feel like the light being turned on, like the sun coming up. I'm not saying I want it to always be dark. I'm just saying we have this thing where we think dark is bad and light is good, but dark is an essential part of our lives. It cannot, it cannot be sunshine all the time. And while we know this in our hearts, we still rebel against the very simple reality of the darkness. We rebel against dark thoughts. We shy away from the things that are anything other than joyful and kind and easy for us to grasp. Today is the feast of the Epiphany. And as I said at the announcements, Epiphany is this festival in which we, the word Epiphany is another way of, is another Greek word for revelation. And what we say is being revealed to us, all of us, all of humanity, is God's abiding presence with us in Jesus Christ. That God is with us. And whereas on Christmas Day, we recognize God's presence in a little baby, on Epiphany, the symbol of God's abiding presence is a star. And while stars are light, in that ancient cosmology, the stars are not the main things that give light. They point to things. They indicate things. They're beautiful to study and to admire. But we would not be able to see the stars unless we were allowed to be in darkness. The wise folks who find Jesus and who recognize the sovereignty, the royalty that is found in this child, the presence of the divine, they would not be able to find Jesus had it not been for the darkness. What were they going to follow in the daytime? The darkness was essential for their ability to see God's presence. And while we are able to see God's presence very readily in the warmth and the joy, I think if we're honest, every single one of us has found God and been found by God in the darkness of our lives. And by darkness here, I don't mean evil. I mean in the darkness as in the places where we are unsure, where it is not clear, where we're a little bit scared and maybe a little bit or a lot sad. 
This, this in my life is where God has shown up so many times. Oftentimes, when things are joyful and sunny, I'm actually too busy enjoying it to recognize God. But when I am in a place of darkness, loneliness, yes, sorrow, sadness, and desperation, I find God visiting me there. I guess my hope for us tonight is simply to acknowledge that. To acknowledge that the darkness cannot be bad if it's a place where God finds us, where God joins us. The darkness cannot be bad if it's the place where we find rest. The darkness of our lives cannot be bad if even in our inability to see everything and make clear everything, there's enough light to recognize Christ's presence. It is in the darkness of so many of our lives that Christ is manifest, which is to say made plain, made obvious. Jesus talks a lot about parties in his parables, and we love those. But I want you to think for a moment about the place where you actually feel the most connected to Jesus. Where has the story of Jesus most, most opened you up and made you feel understood, loved, and cared for? It's probably not in one of his really happy stories. I recognize for myself that the resurrection of Jesus is a centerpiece of my life. And I know I'm supposed to say that because I'm a professional Christian. I know that. But all symbolism aside and, 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 and all sort of professional responsibility aside, it is the resurrection, it is the life of Jesus that comes after death that draws me so close to him. And where does the resurrection take place but in the darkness of the sealed tomb? The tomb isn't opened up and then the corpse brought out and then revived. It is in the darkness. It is in the uncertainty that Christ is risen. And the power of God's love is made most fully clear. So I ask us tonight to reflect on where we see God most readily present in our lives. The more we see God the more we see God, I want to say the more we see God, the more we see God, which is to say, the more we learn to recognize God's presence, the more places we realize our lives are saturated by the love of the one who made us. That there is no place we can go. There is no place we can go. The darkness of night 
the blackness of the grave, the valley, the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. There is nowhere we can be and no feeling we can feel where God is not deeply, profoundly, and utterly with us in it. Oftentimes when people say these are dark times, they mean these are evil times. I'm not ready to call the time in which we live evil. I'm not ready to say that because I've seen too much love in it. I've seen too much love in you. I've seen too much love in the way that we care for one another in difficulty and uncertainty. Now, if we want to call these times dark because we don't understand what's going on, because we're scared and we're not always clear, okay, I might be able to get on board with that. But it is in these times that the bright radiance of the star of God points to the presence of love in every, every part of our lives. For this, I am deeply grateful. For you, I am deeply grateful. For the community that we continue to build here, not in the idealized world or the world as we pretend it is, but in the world as it is in all of its complexity, uncertainty, and unclarity. This is where I find love. This is where God is made manifest. And for that, I give great thanks this evening for the darkness. It is where Christ is born. It is where Christ is revealed. It is where Christ makes himself known again and again in your heart, in your life, and in this world.